welcome from Amsterdam, and thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Game Consultant. Your host of today is Reinout. Good morning and welcome from Amsterdam. This is episode number 10. Actually, it's 10 already. Um, yeah, I'm not going to talk about Corona in this episode. Um, all the events we know have been cancelled. People that are close around and with Gamescom are saying, ah, Gamescom will just be, will be happening. And so no worries there. So that means we're going to have a lovely summer. We all hope. And, um, one of the first big events will then be Gamescom. Anyways, in this episode, I have the honor, uh, or had the honor of interviewing, uh, Odile. Odile, uh, did write a book. And um, I think for everyone out there that is involved in gaming or wants to get involved in gaming, this is the book to read. More in the item uh, in this episode later on. And next to that, I'm always reading news and uh, I visited uh, his event, Gamesbeat. Um, I once took him to Arnhem uh, here in Holland to see um, a bridge too far. Uh, he mentioned it uh, when we got on the line and it made a great impact. And yeah, uh, he has made a great impact on me uh, with his writings, his news. And uh, as I said, um, very happy I could have him in the show. Dean, Dean Takanashi of Gamesbeat. Further on, uh, we're going to start with some news. I have one or two companies to watch or on my watch list and yeah esports um you know <clears throat> i know as much as you guys do i'm seeing a lot i still think 80 20 rule 80 percent uh is, is struggling hard to get visibility 20 percent is on top so um uh 20 makes 80 percent of the revenues and same with the viewings um, I'm seeing all kinds of things about valuations. I think they're a little bit too high. What goes up must come down, but who am I? So I did ask Chris Reed to, um, to help me come up with an item every week about esports, his take, his view, um, uh, some facts, some numbers, some news, um, in, 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 let's say seven, eight, nine minutes. Uh, a clear update and you know what Chris if it takes 10 minutes uh, perfect um, it's never too long when it's interesting right Chris hey guys my name is Chris Reed I'm host of the level up experience on LinkedIn live I'm also an esports startup advisor focusing on tech infrastructure education and human performance companies to say the least, the esports industry moves quickly. It can be extremely volatile at times. Uh, my goal for the segment each week is to bring you the latest news, updates, and my thoughts around the industry. Everything from startups to event information to team roster changes, I want to try to cover as much ground as possible. If you'd like to get in touch and discuss the esports space, send me a message on LinkedIn at Chris Reed, C-R-I-S-R-E-E-D, and follow the Level Up Experience company page as well for content updates. Thank you again, Reinhardt, for the opportunity to be on your show, and I'm looking forward to the new segment. Since uh, we had two long interviews, um, I have to speed up a, uh, a bit quick with uh, the news of this week. Um, so let's get started. Uh, next on signs a deal with Electronic Arts for a new FIFA mobile game in South Korea. Uh, closed beta testing for the new game will be held April 3rd till the 13th. It will feature squad building and game modes designed specifically for mobile. It will also make use of EA's official licenses, leagues, and players. More you can read about this on pocketgamer.biz. Um, they also were saying something about DEFCON to 20. It's still taking place despite COVID-19 concerns. Um, yeah, okay. I'm not going to talk more in depth about it. We all know about it. So follow the media, follow the event pages, and you will know more. February U.S. sales has gone down 29%. 
that's basically what the tracking firm NPD has been saying. Um, anything interesting on that? Uh, it reported the U.S. game industry consumer spending from February. And that means it went down that 29% year over year to 755 million. Uh, on the software side, MPD found sales of the game software it tracks, which includes physical software and full game digital sales from selected publishers, publishers were down 36% year on year to 307 million. Okay, um, then that was actually uh, GameIndustry.biz from last week. Obviously, they have more news, but as I said, it is sometimes... Uh, well, first of all, I know you guys are reading the news, but I'm taking out some headlines I did find interesting. Uh, Call of Duty leaks ships to online, uh, obviously, through Corona, which is nothing new, but hey, online events... I think, uh, <clears throat> sorry for that, I think it's very interesting to see how online will further uh, or move further on faster than we expected through this virus. Um, then, uh, dig Digital Capital, which I read was acquired this week, uh, is saying that over 4.1 billion has been invested in AR and VR in 2019 which is a lot, I would say, and, and uh, definitely uh, would like to do an item on uh, VR, AR, and some investors or developers, what are they expecting? And is the mass really embracing already uh, AR or VR? And then lastly, and this is also interesting, why I would like to have uh, Chris on the show, um, Super League Gaming is losing $14.5 million on, hold on, 1 million in revenues in 2019, but metrics improve. Okay, uh, in Dutch, you would say you need a long, a lange adem, uh, a long breath. I don't know how you guys are saying it, but I guess you understand what I'm trying to say with it, because that is a shit lot of money that they're losing in order to get their metrics right. Um, maybe that's interesting for Chris to um, come back on that a little bit later next week. Um, that's all about the news, so I would say let's give it a shot with, uh, no, this is not with the news. I was actually looking at something, uh, at an event, <clears throat> and I wanted to know more about it, but I didn't get it so far, but, um, hold on, I can try this, and it was Justin Birbaum who said, Hey, gaming industry friends, would like to see you as many as participate as possible. Uh, please let other folks know. Many of them have huge networks, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Xola is launching Game Developers Carnival, a virtual event um, that they're holding. And uh, I did find it on Hollywood Reporter. I don't know if other media have been writing on it. But the event will take place in the new sandbox game, Your World, on April 20 till the 21st to benefit those affected by San Francisco conferences postponement. Um, I will have the link on my site and also the link to Justin so you can actually be in contact with him. I guess this was all for the news. I want to go further with Odile. So the item, next item is uh, Odile Limbach. And uh, I had to say, uh, when we started talking about, uh, I had to compliment on the name Odile and Limbach. And that's uh, German. And she is teaching economics and entrepreneurial uh, at the Cologne Game Lab. Um, and um, she got my interest not only because our of her background, but also she wrote a book, The Publishing Challenge for Independent Video Game Developers. Um, we, uh, we basically had a, had a chat and uh, we had to laugh a lot. And um, well, I won't say anything further. Just listen to the interview and uh, I hope you like it. And as usual, uh, don't bother. I have links, contact details on my site so you can reach out and also 
Order the book. Did I say order? Okay, order the book. 20% discount. Uh, the code is also on my site. And um, enjoy the interview. In the podcast today, I have Odile, and we just discussed that I am allowed to say it once. Your last name is Limbach. So it's Odile Limbach, and um, I'm very glad you could actually join me in this episode. Um, Odile has written the book, The Publishing Challenge for Independent Video Game Developers. That's a mouthful, as we say it in Dutch. And um, I wanted to know more. And so first question would be, uh, can you tell a bit more about yourself? Yes, of course. Thank you for having me there, actually. It's uh, it's nice to be able to speak about the book. Yeah. Um, well, I, what I'm doing, I am a professor for economics and entrepreneurship at the Cologne Game Lab. It's an institute of the Technical University of Cologne, a public technical university. And then there I teach uh, young people that uh, want to become programmer, game designer or artist. I teach them economics and entrepreneurship. So what does it mean? Marketing, sales, management, production, um, everything that has to do with uh, saving games and also with marketing games and also with creating a company. And also, I have founded with a partner from Berlin, Thierry Bojar, a company called the Spielfabrik, and creation program. So we offer to young developers from France and Germany, but we actually uh, want to also extend the program to Europe in the next years, an acceleration program to video games developers pretty much concentrated on the business side. So strategy, financing, marketing, publishing, and so on. So, yeah. And we also, yes, and we also, we have been doing this this um, this acceleration track for, for four years now. Uh, this year, we have nine, nine companies that we have chosen to work with, uh, in, from four for five for France and four from Germany. And also we organize uh, once a year a co-production platform, also French Franco platform for video games together with uh, Arte in Strasbourg. And this co-production platform also, we intend to make it grow European uh, in the next years. So this year we have a guest country being Belgium and uh, hopefully in the next year it's going to grow like also. Quite busy, I would say. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and may, may, maybe uh, I've been in the industry, in the video game industry for, oof, I stopped counting more than 20 years now. And I've been working for a long time for Ubisoft as a managing director of the development studio Blue Byte. Yep. And before I was managing director of the distribution company. So very much um, committed to games, I would say. Yeah, wonderful. And, and, and yeah. during all those activities, when... When did it pop up that you thought like, okay, and now I'm going to write a book? <laughs> yes. Well, this is the kind of decision you make. Uh, you're not realizing what kind of work it is, but it's your first one like yeah. me. <laughs> um, so uh, I, maybe it was a day probably I was very well, uh, had a very good uh, day. <laughs> and, I, and actually... I, I realized when I started at the Cologne Gap Lab, it's uh, already more than five years ago, coming from the industry and starting to work again, I would say, with very young developers, with uh, very innovative people. I realized how much uh, innovation talent they have and how um, committed they are to really develop great games. But then on the other side, I also realized that they had no idea how to publish a game. They had no idea what it means to publish a game. And going to conferences and, and speaking with fellow people that uh, publish games with developers, I realized that there was no really information. Um, there's a lot of information on the internet. You can look at like the GDC is a great conference you can go to and gather a lot of information, but there was no place where everything was put together. Um, in a simple way about what does it mean to publish and what kind of question you should ask yourself before you start publishing. So that's actually by working with all the teams, with the students that I realized, well, this might be something that is needed. And, and because I love to do new things and to uh, challenge myself sometimes too much, yeah. then I said, okay, well, let's, let's yeah. try it. 
and, and now I'm very happy it's finished when I'm honest. <laughs> I haven't seen the book yet. And, and how many pages is it yeah. just for the ones that don't read? And, and, and secondly, everyone thinks right away about a book, but is it also an ebook? Yes, it's also an ebook, and it's around 240 pages. Oh, and uh, <laughs> you have been <laughs> thorough. <laughs> oh, well, I had a lot of help also. Yeah. I have a, a people that worked with me on this and uh, wrote articles on different subjects. So I think this is also something that really makes the book valuable. It's just not only me; um, it's also very much a lot of experts from the industry. And it's a gathering of every information I could find at that time about publishing. And also there's, for example, a list. Of course, this list is almost it's already old now because by the time it went printing, you already have new publishers out. But we tried to compare, compile a list, for example, for all video game publishers now so that people that want to, to publish a game have a starting point, I would say. Yeah. And and um, I think the line a little bit broken up, but no worries. Hey, um, and 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 so can you mention some names that actually were helping you uh, with the book yeah. and their expertise? Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Um, so we, what maybe I can tell a little bit more what is inside the book also. Then uh, yeah. it's um, it's starts with a market, just a very brief market uh, description. And a couple of figures, because this is the first thing that indie developers are really uh, troubled to access, figures about yeah. the market. So we tried to gather everything that was available to uh, give a, an image of the market and what is going on right now. And this um, a st uh, former student of me, Imad Mazar, wrote this, uh, this article, and he did a very good job about analyzing a bit kind of genres on the platform and what could be an... Uh, um, how, how to look at, at the market actually for an indie developer, developers. And then um, uh, I, I analyzed a bit the distribution system, what it means to be, what kind of publishers you have. So the small ones, the big ones, how they work a bit, and also about the online distribution system because it has been changing so much the last two years with uh, Epic coming, with uh, streaming s services, with Apple coming. So we have so many different things. So I try to kind of, uh, well, I'm not really giving answers because it's so difficult to yeah. have answers, but at least like making some question marks about the, the evolution of the yeah. market. And then um, I ask a couple of, of people to work on very specific subjects. So for example, Constanti uh, Ewald, yeah is a lawyer and he, he worked on well of, on agreement distribution agreement for independent developers a little bit of like well do's and don't and don'ts of, of this um for example also uh zoren Lars, a very experienced consultant in the indiv independent for independent developers wrote also his view of what makes the contract work and not work or how can you make sure that your agreement is going to be um, successful. Then I ask uh, Zoran Rosso. He's now uh, the MD of Seriously in Germany. He was very long um, at Sony Entertainment to write about marketing because he's a very, very good marketing guy. So to give a couple of, of guidance, what does it mean marketing, a couple of definitions. Um, I asked um, Thierry Bojar to, to write something about financing. So giving a bit of a how financing and distribution is very much interwoven. Yeah. So when you make a decision in distribution, it makes it means something for your financing, and the other way around is true also. So um, yes, this is the the and also Pierre Schlump from Tritri Games, also former students, a very good guy. He wrote kind of a because he has been publishing games already, so like a toolbox with uh, what is currently available for indie developers to to publish yeah. their games. So it's it's basically an ABC, uh, or how should you call it, uh, uh, a game development book for dummies? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
kind of like the 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 they call it a practical yeah. guide, and I think this is exactly what 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 it is. So that's why also uh, the book is not only written by me and all these people. There are also a lot of interviews, um, extract of interviews from developers and from publishers, uh, because I believe that you can learn a lot from from other people if you listen what they are saying and what kind of experiences they have been doing. So the whole process was actually of writing this book is doing a lot of research, of course, about the, all this, the publishing subject, but also were to interview a lot of people and um, from the developer side and from the publisher side, and then use these interviews within the book to illustrate what I was yeah. saying. So that you always have people saying, yes, this is like, it was, we did this this way because it was this, or we did it this way and that was good and we did it this way and that was bad. So, yeah, it's it's a guide, I would say. If you, um, <clears throat> if you look back, what kind of key observations would you actually say, did you learn something from it yourself? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned a lot about, uh, I, I, I think I could have go even deeper, especially on the distribution structure. Yeah. And I learned, uh, what I would say, the, the key observation I made is that really looking at the markets right now, I, it's very difficult to be an independent developer, but I'm really sure, and especially after this, this book now, that independent developers have a really competitive advantage because they can react fast and they have much better innovation power than the big companies. Yeah. So I think that if you really take the chance and you, you, as an indie developers, you really want to look at the, market you make the effort of being interested in these structural changes there are a lot of opportunities for them right now and but it takes it takes the effort to really dig into it and to understand how things are running and i really um also what i knew before and it was it's just very much clear now is that it's so difficult to be to to find a publishing deal because every actor's has another definition of publishing. Yeah. So you really have to go through and to make um, your, to know yourself exactly what you want. That was the point I was trying to make with this book also. I have a chapter where I ask like, I think it's like 25 questions yeah. you should ask yourself. So they are pretty, then no rocket science, but sitting down and as a developer first, being clear what you want makes it much easier to find the right partner yeah. for you. And uh, well, it's something also that I found still very nice. I Nobody said no. Nobody said uh, leave me alone. Everybody was very e eager to tell their experience, to help. So I still, I already knew it before, but I still think it's such a great community to work yeah. with in uh, because if you ask, you get yeah. an answer. So that's always what I see also at young developers. You they, Sometimes they don't dare to ask and they're always very surprised that actually the way, when you ask, you get an answer and you, you, you learn a lot. That's the fun part of the gaming uh, space. I hear that so more, so more often. Uh, it's, it's a close, uh, it's a big industry, but it's actually very tiny. Everyone knows each other and everyone wants to help each other. So that's a good thing. Um, yes. So bottom line... Um, I wanted to ask about a target audience, but the way you explain it, anyone within the gaming space, if you're an investor or a publisher, developer, it, it's it's a book that everyone basically should read. Yes, interested in, in understanding a little bit more what it means publishing. And it is also targeted at young developers so that I have like a chapter about community building because I, it's so clear now that it's the first thing you have to do and you really have to think about it. And so I try to give a little bit of a, of a background, uh, how to build a community or what is different on the strategical side, what is important to think yeah. about? Because I think the young people are much better than I am at building communities, but they should be clear before, why do I do that? What are my goals to whom I want to speak? And this is the things I, I've been I've been trying to write down. And yes, it's, a, it's an explanation about uh, what does it mean to yeah. publish? And um, what do you, what, where do you, should you be careful? What do you have to really, 
pay uh, attention to and a little bit an attempt to explain a bit uh, our, our publishing industry is, is working. Yeah. <laughs> and the fun part is, is actually I hear myself saying yesterday to someone in Japan, uh, he asked me the question, what do you think is the most important part uh, when you have a game published? And I said, well, localization and community, but actually it's community, community and community. Uh, <laughs> and it's fun yes. that you basically <laughs> are saying the same now. Um, yes, yes. Some yeah. uh, shameless promotion from your side. Uh, uh can you tell where people can buy or download the book and uh, and cost, for example? Uh, what is the price of the book? Yes, yes, yes. Um, you can uh, buy it at by Amazon. It's yeah. the easiest. Uh, it costs around uh, 30 yeah. euro. And also there is um, uh, on CRC Press, so the publisher has a bookshop where you can download yeah. it. And uh, I will. I think I already sent you the code for twenty percent no, discount. No, you did not. So, <laughs> oh, I did not. Okay, I sent you. A, uh, then I made an. I prepared an email with yeah. everything. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> I will. I will send it to you so that you can include it to yeah. um, to the podcast so that people can get a discount Wonderful. for the for the beginning. So that yeah. means uh, for everyone that is listening, I'll make sure that I have the links on my site. And I'll share it through social media too. Um, wonderful. I, uh, I really want to thank you for uh, explaining a little bit more about the book. And can I uh, expect a second uh, book then? Because the way you talk about it with so much uh, enthusiastic, uh, uh, are you prepping a second book or? Well, if you have, if you ask my uh, three kids and my husband, <laughs> no. <laughs> can I can understand. <laughs> I need a <Yeah>. small break. <laughs> so, but yes, it was so fun, and it I really I really enjoyed doing new things and and discovering a subject, and it's uh, so I, I'm. I'm not 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 in a short time, but I have uh, ideas about things that uh, it's good about the game industry. It's such a new industry. There are not not much about uh, publishing and marketing and, and and selling games. So maybe okay. we'll see. Cool. Then uh, thank you very much uh, for explaining, and uh, I'm going to read it. Very good. Thank you, and I'd be happy to hear about oh, your feedback. You will. <laughs> 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 thank you very much. Bye -bye. Thank you, bye. The man that writes about gaming, Dean Takanashi. And Dean has been writing for so long, for tens of years about tech and gaming. And, um, and then also the Games Beat events, the Games Beat Summit, He's saying something about it in this item, in his interview. We will definitely uh, try to get that in a proper way online. Um, many questions for him. Um, I, uh, I took Dean to Arnhem, A Bridge Too Far, the movie. And uh, he has seen it. And uh, before we had the interview, he was saying, I'm actually looking at the movie so differently. And um, yeah, today we're... We're all facing a new war, and it's the war on the virus, the coronavirus. And um, so parts of the interview are about events online, coronavirus. But lots, uh, or the, the main part is about him writing about games. Why is he so, uh, why does he like to play games, write about it? And um, I have to say, uh, the interview was typical Dean. So, well... Today, podcast with uh, Dean. Dean is uh, the writer of Gamesbeat, or I should say fantasybeat.com slash games. And um, thank you uh, for joining me today, uh, Dean. And um, for the people that don't know you, could you yeah. explain a little bit more about who is Dean? Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me on the show, and uh, I hope you are enjoying your podcast here. It uh, <laughs> seems like a fun, fun thing to do. Uh, I have been writing 
about uh, technology uh, stories as a journalist for more than 30 years, and uh, I'm based in California. Uh, I have been writing about games uh, probably, probably as a beat for about 24 years, um, <laughs> starting at the Wall Street Journal back in 1996 or so. And uh, I am still doing that today, uh, 12 years running now as uh, the lead writer for GameSpeed Adventure Beat. And I also uh, organize the uh, GameSpeed Summit uh, event that we have every year. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you've, you've been at the event yourself. Yeah, it's a cool <laughs> uh, event. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, it's been uh, a great uh, career so far it's uh, enabled me to travel the world like i always wanted to do from asia to europe to the u.s so uh yeah. still having fun and still play games and you saw arnhem uh yes yes that was uh, <laughs> a real uh treat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of people do ask if you have to write about gaming uh-huh. do you uh, do you actually have to play games or can you can you just say well i have a good view on it and i can write about it and Comes mm-hmm. along with that question. If you have to hire people, how mm-hmm. would you hire a game journalist? And journalist, how how are you looking at people? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I uh, I enjoy games, and so I think uh, you know that's why I originally got into it. Uh, I happen to be the the youngest guy in the San Francisco office of the Wall Street Journal, and they they needed somebody to cover video games as an industry, and uh, I was the only one only one who played at that time. So. Uh, they said, you know, go ahead and, and write. And, um, uh, you know, a couple of times a year on top of that, I um, got the substitute for Walt, Walt Mossberg and I would write game reviews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Walt didn't play games and so he was always happy to, to see us uh, writing about things like Quake and uh, uh, Air Warrior and other, other things, uh, yeah. you know, early online games. Uh, so, yeah, I think it, is um, good to sort of zoom in into uh, the product, you know, whether that's a tech product or it's a a video game and to see what's there and to, to, you know, use it yourself uh, and then uh, zoom out and try to see what the whole industry looks like. And, uh, and I think that's really helpful to, to be able to have that knowledge. Um, and, you know, it, it's very rewarding in some ways when uh, I go and interview uh, the creator of a, you know, video game that I really like, like say The Last of Us. I interviewed uh, Neil Druckmann uh, yeah. at, at uh, Naughty Dog about about the game. And because I knew the, the game, it was my favorite game. Uh, I knew it from the very beginning to the end. Uh, I was able to ask, a lot of questions you know it's like it's like um you know if you think of your favorite novelist and that person's still alive uh, and you read their book and you have all these questions for the author and then you get a chance to ask them yeah <laughs> and it's uh, it's like the, it's like the same kind of deep conversation that you you can have uh by uh having this knowledge of of what the video game is like and what the world is and you know all the decisions they had to make in creating things and how much uh, how much say agency you know to give to the gamer to yeah. make the story or how much to direct the gamer in telling a story right uh, so uh i think uh, part you know part and parcel of doing video game journalism is to really um try to understand it uh from from this level uh, going up. Uh, but also, yeah. you know, for what I do, I mean, I also have to try to understand the financial part of video games as well. Yeah. And uh, that, that's an interesting take because if you now should uh, hire someone, obviously that person, uh, how, how, how is someone qualifying? I mean, um, yeah. how, how would you actually look at someone? What, what does he or she has to convince you? Uh, a good writer, obviously, but should he or she play games or have mm-hmm. fascination for a certain segment of the gaming? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think specializing has helped me in my career as a journalist. Uh, you know, if I if I were sort of um, a city hall reporter, I probably would have had a much harder time uh, making a living as a journalist uh, than by specializing in business reporting and specializing in tech reporting in particular. 
and then adapting to to writing about video games and and so I think everybody uh, who uh, wants to to really um, you know have good opportunities uh, should should pick the right thing to specialize in and um, uh, you know you you might um, you might specialize these days in just picking one game right. <laughs> You could you could pick Fortnite and you you know become the the world's expert on Fortnite and uh, you would probably be in demand as a writer right yeah um, uh, and so uh, because there's there's very you know m- many different channels that you can pursue now you could be a YouTuber you could you know um, uh, start your own uh, website uh, and and so I think uh, you know finding out what you really like what you're passionate about uh, and then uh, you know, becoming uh, the world's expert on that is is the best way to to become you know a, a valued writer. I think. Yeah, and uh, right now you actually have uh, two things added to game. One mm-hmm. hand, you, uh, the podcast. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, my colleague Jeff uh, Greb does uh, the Games Beat Decides podcast. Yeah. And uh, I'm a I'm a guest on that sometimes, and uh, he's starting a new one as well uh, uh, that he calls "How Games Make Money." Yeah, um, and it's uh, it's a lot more about monetization, and so yeah. <laughs> that's that's another interesting topic. Yeah, and GamesBeat uh, is how long is it? The fifth, sixth this year? Uh, let's see. Uh, well, I've been at uh, VentureBeat is about 14 years old. I've yeah. been at it 12 years. Uh, we've been doing conferences uh, like Games Beat for about eleven years now, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it has changed during that time from a large conference to um, a summit, which is a smaller conference. Yeah, uh, and we did something called Discovery Beat uh, for uh, a couple of years as well, and <laughs> I th- we had a mobile gaming focus at one point. Yeah. Uh, so, so we've tried to adapt, but we still try to span, you know, the, an entire game ecosystem, and yeah. not specialize further in things like virtual reality. You know, uh, so uh, I remember that time when you know there were hundreds of virtual reality conferences, right? Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now there's tons of esports conferences. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's or, really or gaming. Block, yeah. yeah. It's block, always blockchain. blockchain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen those hypes. It's always, and I see it on LinkedIn also that people, uh, first they mm-hmm. an expert in that, and then it's an expert later on in, in blockchain, and now it's esports. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that, that <clears throat> brings me actually to, how, how are you looking at gaming? I mean, everyone is now saying it's pure mm-hmm. entertainment. Uh, influences are influencing esports. Um, esports has become interesting for brands. People are viewing. I just now mm-hmm. saw Chris Reed uh, doing something on LinkedIn uh, where I was watching, and I actually did <laughs> see myself write the text. Is it eighty twenty again? Is eighty percent looking at twenty percent of the content? And mm-hmm. uh, so, mm-hmm. so, but in general, how 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 are you looking at gaming? Uh, um, I mean, I, I still think that it, it's got some great opportunities ahead of it. Still, uh, the you know uh, entire gaming market was what uh, you know this various ranges of 160 billion, 180 billion dollars, yeah. um, and mobile market uh, is crossing 100 billion dollars this year. And you know, it's it's way more than the the combination of movies and music put together. Yeah. And and yet, uh, if you if you look at things like the Oscars uh, and mass culture, uh, it's really movies that uh, have um, uh, you know so much command of the 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 mainstream culture. Um, and I, I think we have um, still a ways to progress uh, for video games to to reach the same level. Uh, I think everybody knows what Fortnite is, but uh, but mm. you know not everybody plays it. Um, no. And, uh, you know, we're getting, you know, like, you know, maybe in a couple of elections from now, uh, the president of the United States will be a gamer. And we, don't have to, <laughs> we, w- we won't have to have arguments uh, with that person about yeah. like, you know, whether video games are good for us or not. So, yeah. You know, it's, it's like, you know, are movies good for us? You know, yeah. um, 
So, so I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of growth opportunities ahead. Uh, the platforms uh, are going to continue to proliferate. You know, we're, we're getting a bunch of new cloud gaming platforms now. Yep. Um, you know, board gaming is actually becoming a real um, platform unto itself, uh, just like, you know, comic books are the platform yep. for future movies, right? Yep. Um, uh, so I think, uh, you know, there's always going to be sort of hot spots within it. And I like to, you know, as a, as a game journalist, but also a technology journalist, I like to look at the, the seams uh, between the industry and other parts of uh, other industries. Like uh, blockchain has been interesting to look at uh, as a, a kind of a glue technology for games uh, that, you know, can provide authentication, but also link uh, one game to another game uh, yeah. and you know people hope to someday build the metaverse uh, based on this kind of technology yeah. um so yeah I, I like looking at esports and you know like how many deals happened uh, i think there were something like 30 transactions uh, last year yeah. uh, and uh, uh, 11 of them according to this quantum tech uh, partners that uh, were you know the purchase of uh, big esports teams. Uh, so, you know, there's there's always uh, 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 very interesting, um, uh, you know, games emerging and deals happening, and uh, that's what keeps me busy. Yeah, yeah, I um, definitely on the esports side. I mean, uh, I see a lot of brands. Coming towards uh, coming towards gaming, uh, and obviously people are watching. Uh, I also think that can actually help the advertising part of games in general. Um, mm -hmm. How brands will start advertising in and around uh, mobile gaming. Uh, quickly on esports, is it going to mobile? You think, or is it already? Uh, I think you know it's uh, in some ways uh, uh, very strong uh, already. Uh, there are, um, I, I think, uh, places like Southeast Asia have an extraordinarily high participation rate in esports uh, because of uh, uh, Garena's uh, game Free Fire. It's yep. it's ex extremely popular there. Um, I don't I don't think we see as much of that uh, in the in the U.S. yet, uh, but uh, it's it's probably coming. I think. Um, you know, PUBG Mobile is very popular, uh, especially yeah. in, in China. Uh, and uh, Skills recently reported, you know, they, they, they layer in a multiplayer and um, uh, uh, esports prize uh, competition on top of existing games. And they reported that uh, in the, the, the top 10 mobile esports players, uh, you know, earned uh, thirty-three million dollars in prizes over the last ten years. Oh my gosh! Um, so, <laughs> <Wrong> profession. <laughs> so, yeah, well, and and one one of those players, you know, had like six million in winnings, and uh, that was um, enough to place them sixth uh, for overall esports uh, winnings. Um, so uh, that's yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talking about about um, mm -hmm. uh, esports and. I was sitting with a group of guys at my kitchen table and they said esports. This is 2008. If you now look today, uh, esports is there. So could you actually say that, for example, with VR and other techniques that we're seeing, is the incubation time now, let's say, seven to ten years before something could actually reach mass? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um... Well, I, you know, we have a pause right now because of the coronavirus, and I'm not sure what that's going to do to live events uh, where yeah. you go in, in, in person physically to an esports event. Uh, uh, it's uh, possibly going to take some time to recover from that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but the digital side of esports, for sure, um, online uh, matches and, and watching online tournaments, uh, I think, is, uh, is uh, you know, doing doing pretty well right now and uh you know it it is fragmented in in that like there's almost like a sport for everybody like uh, my favorite sport is watching the the call of duty league yeah. um and 
you know, I, I'm starting to get to know who the some of the players are, but uh, you know, um, there are still a lot of them that that I don't know, and sometimes it is hard to follow uh, the action that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, so, so yeah, um, you know, I there, there's a hardcore nature to esports uh, viewing that. Um, uh, I think means there's still going to be a lot more occasional viewers than there are um, hardcore viewers, and that that may last for a while. Yeah. Um, and you know, it may take another another generation of games that are really designed with esports in mind uh, yeah, to, to make a lot of this progress. Yeah. Then um, the events you just mentioned it, uh, coronavirus. Well, mm-hmm. it has uh, hit uh, the global industry, anyways. Um, mm-hmm. What hasn't been cancelled, uh, or better said, what will be cancelled? Uh, so no E three, no GDCs. Mm-hmm. Um, would that well, have... we have our we have our Games Beat Summit, and uh, yeah. you know, I think one of the the lessons that's coming out of that for us is that we we have to have this um, uh, digital first. Uh, online approach right yeah and uh and so we're figuring out how to how to make that happen as well yeah and uh you know we're having should, we're having should you have that all the time then like uh, uh you know i think you, i think yeah. there's a, a real future in that i mean uh rami ismail you know had um you know he had a real hard time getting people into the gdc you know first uh, getting uh, people from around the world to, to get visas to come into the country uh, and then when they arrived you know like the the hotel rooms were just totally unaffordable <laughs> uh, and know. you know they they had no place to stay when they got here so so you know he started uh, gamedev.world uh, yeah. which was uh, this um, online conference that he held for the first time uh, last summer and uh, he did pretty well like he did uh, you know more more views or more people watching that than actually attended gdc uh, yeah. So that was an online only conference. They translated uh, uh, the talks into um, eight languages, uh, uh, either in advance or in real time. And that's that's very impressive. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there's a real future in uh, that kind of conference. I mean, the, there's still a lot of advantages you get from having a more intimate, intimate events and meeting people face to face. But uh, but yeah, because of coronavirus, that's on hold for a while, and you can't shake hands with anybody. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, so I was talking to someone that is actually uh, doing a, an event in uh, in Berlin, uh, the Berlin Games Week, mm-hmm. and he he basically uh, is also now saying like, okay, I might have to cancel, then it needs to go online. So it's all very last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say uh, we're in 2021. Would it then be advisable for game event organizers to actually do both? Um, so have an offline where people can meet and greet, but also the informal talks. Uh, how are you mm-hmm. doing? How are things at home? Yeah. Uh, you, you won't do that online uh, <laughs> when you're in a panel. Um, but yeah, I, I think, and, you know, yeah. for, for us, we, we might have some element of that because, you know, when, when you record the online talks, you know, it, it is good to do it from a studio in a, in a sort of a centralized way, a centralized location. So you have the speakers come to a place yeah. and uh, record their talks. Uh, so so maybe there you have a small event where the uh, people can actually meet and greet. Um, uh, but also, I guess, uh, you know, you, you can do some of the meet and greet uh, through the apps uh, in a digital way as well. Uh, you know, one-on-one uh, Skype calls, for example, that you know the, get arranged uh, by by the app. Yeah. So, um, so you you actually foresee that that events will make a mix of both. So it's 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 um, if I can't attend GDC, okay. uh, it would be clever for GDC, for example, or Games Beat for yourself mm-hmm. that. I can still tune in, let's say, towards the end of the day, business day, um, see some of your speakers being in one room where you will interview them, and still I get a sense of it. My next question would then be, is that for free? Or uh, I was saying maybe you should enter or add a, a donate button, but just asking for the business modeling, do you, do you think people will eventually pay for that? Because now a lot of people are saying like, yeah, um, I'm not going, but this event will actually put everything online for free mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. I find it a bit cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, it's kind of like those people who uh, who show up at an event uh, but don't pay and then hang out at the bar ah, at the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's there's always going to be some of those people. Yeah. Uh, but I think you know the the other people will realize that there there is a VIP experience that you can have still uh, with an online event. And um, if the more you do to try to foster or create that VIP experience, uh, you know, the, the closer you are to being able to charge money for that. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I think that does include some of that one-on-one networking or other, um, you know, uh, private roundtables or, uh, uh, you know, uh, still hard hard to figure out exactly what it is that people are going to pay for. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe you know, maybe you have some of the talks uh, publicly distributed, but uh, you know, I, I think there are um, you know some some events like the Dice Summit uh, that uh, you know uh, don't put these uh, up for everybody to see as well, and so you um, you have to go there in person. You know, yeah, to, exactly. to see some of them. Yeah. Or buy a ticket and then later on get a, an entrance card, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So when I uh, actually did ask you for the interview, I, I, I basically mm-hmm. said like, okay, so what do you expect for 220? Um, but now mm-hmm. I can rephrase the question a bit with looking at the coronavirus going on. Um, some people say, well, digital revenues will go up. Everyone will sit at home and play more games. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, the industry itself. To twenty, I mean, it's uh, already a crazy year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The NBA is canceled here in the U.S. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's a, a major earthquake for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> what should you do? Uh, you know, and uh, you know, Tom Hanks is uh, is sick with the coronavirus. So I think people have woken up now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Perhaps it's uh, uh, very late for us. Uh, but I think you know if if we if we if we dismiss this as a one-time event that's going to go away, and that uh, the business as usual is going to return, yeah. um, I think that's a mistake. Like you know, the, in some ways, this has to be viewed as an opportunity to rethink a lot of things that we do, um, yeah. and to to figure out how to do them better. Uh, and uh, I mean, I think you know there there's an opportunity here for the virtual reality community, you know, to to make it far easier to communicate yeah. uh, in in VR, yeah. uh, and to and to do it in a very uh, immersive and compelling way uh, than what we've done so far, or what they've done so far, where you know it's still a bit of a hassle to to try to make some of these. Um, VR conversations happen, you know, yeah. right? So, um, and a lot of people still get sick doing it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's the next generation, like the president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So. And um, the guest this year, still, I mm-hmm. mean, uh, mm-hmm. for Games Beat. Uh, yeah. Can you tell a little bit more about it? And, and even uh, if it goes yeah. online, but it will be still the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're we're hoping that we can hang on to the speakers as we shift from physical to digital, uh, and that um, you know we've got uh, Randy Pitchford, the the CEO of Gearbox Software, yeah. uh, the maker of Borderlands Three, uh, sort of representing the, the the console side of of the industry or the PC side, and then we have uh, uh, Nicolo Laurent, who's the uh, CEO of Riot Games, yeah. uh, speaking as well. Um, we have uh, Tommy Tallarico, who's uh, the CEO of uh, Intellivision. Um, Andrea Renee is one of the uh, popular influencers uh, in the gaming space. Uh, we have a, a panel uh, full of uh, the f- influencers, uh, like Mari Takahashi, who is uh, no relation to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we have uh, uh, a... Uh, you know, a... Uh, event uh, for focused uh, for women in gaming as well, and yeah. uh, we have more women speakers than we have had at previous events, uh, and uh, and that's going to be interesting. Um, so uh, Mitch Lasky, uh, who's uh, uh, a partner at uh, Benchmark Capital, yeah, um, he's uh, he, he was the guy who funded uh, 
Riot Games. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's doing pretty well these days. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he, he, he'll be a speaker. So yeah, we have a uh, we have a pretty good uh, who's who of uh, speakers, yeah. and they're going to be talking about things like you know, is there going to be a metaverse? Um, uh, you know, what's the future of esports? You know, where are game investments going? Um, yeah. I think I count. I counted something like twenty five. Um, different uh, uh, firms now that are investing in games. Right? Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, you know, that uh, the number is probably higher than that uh, because those are the, just the ones that I really know about. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, those are the main firms. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I don't know what you see on your side in, in Europe. As it's well. uh, actually, uh, I would say to four to 13, 14, and beginning of 15, it was really high up, and then it, it was mm -hmm. sort of declining. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's coming up now again. And, and obviously, uh, esports mm -hmm. is, is part of it. Um, mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. express interest. Um, but uh, well, Ubisoft actually did acquire Colibri, uh, mm -hmm. so also on on the acquisition side, uh, things are happening. So mm -hmm. um, uh, there's there's this buzz going again. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that that's well, that was my my thought in the beginning of the year of 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm self now uh, involved in a deal where people have put things on hold. Obviously, again, uh, <laughs> getting really tired of that virus. Um, but it's it's uh, so that that might be a little bit of a showstopper. Um, but I think if if things have calmed down and and, and things are back to normal, and let's say most people predict three months. So in Holland, they basically say three months to normal. So let's say over the summer, I think yeah. it it will continue. Uh, more investments, um, <clears throat> and, and then actually also the M&A side of things. So uh, Europe is, is definitely uh, tagging along with what you see. And, and yeah, the, the, the usual firms are there. So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I have kept you busy for half an hour. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank yeah. you very much for it. It was very... Uh, mm -hmm. Very good to, to hear your thoughts on, on certain things. And um, mm -hmm. I want to thank you for that. Yeah, well, um, thank you years ago for taking me to Arnhem. That yeah. Quite, quite <laughs> memorable. And I, I can recognize some things in the movie now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it hasn't changed so much. It's, yeah. it's, it's still the same. And uh, yeah, it's mm -hmm. almost uh, May the 5th or May the 4th memorial mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank you. You yeah. too. Bye. Bye-bye. So that were the two interviews, Odile and Dean, for today. That was the news. And um, yeah, I actually still should cover the companies to watch, Picoya uh, amongst them. And um, But it's already 57 uh, minutes and 34 seconds I'm seeing. And so I'm going to move that to the next week. Um, as I said, so still learning, uh, also tuning the format. Um Next week, I'm actually going to have interviews with uh, Oscar Clark. Well, everyone should know him. Uh, that's going to be a fun, a fun interview. I told him you can talk about anything. So I guess we're going to have about three hours episode. Um, and Teddy Florea, and uh, he's going to tell us more about the Nordics. So um, that's next week. And obviously also the item of Chris Reed about eSports and definitely going to make it uh, work that I have the companies on my watch list. Also make it to the episode. In any case, I hope you enjoyed, enjoyed this episode and also me doing the interviews. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did hear there were some tweaky sounds coming through it. I think that was my microphone. I need to do that differently. Note to myself, do that differently. Okay, I will do it differently. Thank you very much for listening. And um, as always, stay safe, stay inside. If you have to, if any government is saying, don't go outside, then please stay inside. We all can talk to each other online. We can do it via Skype, LinkedIn, whatsoever. Please 
take care of your health and of those that work for and with you. And um, I'm saying it again. Stay safe and talk to you next week. Ciao for now. This was all for today. Thanks so much for listening to Game Consultant. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. And remember, do share this podcast with other members of the games industry.